Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. I'm Ian Kroll and I'm joined by Conor O'Neill and it is the Agenda Podcast backed by popular demands. You're right, Connor. Not a lot best after Saturday, put it this way. Yeah, a lot, lot better. Pretty much, pretty much. A really, really good result, wasn't it? And a, like not, not really expected whatsoever. No, I think we all hoped that we'd get a new manager bounce and we'd, we'd show some sort of passion, a bit of fight, and you know, a bit of pride back in the shirt. But uh, what we got was 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 much, much more. And you know, most importantly, out of, out of all that, we picked up three points, which was massive because. It shot us right up the table, um, and results elsewhere kind of going our way. We, we all of a sudden look at it a much healthier position than what we we did on Saturday morning. Um, so yeah, it was it was massive, and it was it was a real good good day. I think to be an Evertonian, I think there's not been many of them over the past not just this season but the past couple of years. You know, Goodison was kind of back to its fortress best. You know, the, the, the fans were right up for it. The players were certainly up for it. And, you know, it's been a long time I think since Evertonians left Goodison Park with a spring in the step like they probably did on, on Saturday. And you know, the, the the task now is to make that type of performance the norm, not the ex- exception. And we've we've got a bottle of what we did on, on Saturday, um, again for Man United on Sunday, and, and do exactly the same because, you know, like we've all alluded to for for, for long periods now, the fixed list is pretty daunting and pretty looming. And I think ultimately, you know, we need to pick points up. You know, Chelsea's a starting block, but we need to pick more points up than than just one, and we need to start, you know, Sunday at Man United. Absolutely. Um, well, as mentioned, there is the agenda podcast. You, the fans, send in the questions. You, the fans, set the agenda, and we will answer to the best of our knowledge and to the best of our ability. Um, so we will get right to it. Questions submitted via various social channels. And the first one from Gareth Riley. I'll hit you with a Connor. Gareth asks or says, I understand it was one game, but that was everything that was Everton. It might not be, might not last, but I'd be happy for Ferguson to remain in charge till the end of the season. How do you, uh, do you agree with that or just, do you just uh, see it differently? I think he'll, he'll probably be in charge for Sunday. I imagine, you know, we're now at Wednesday and there's, there's no clear signs as to who is going to replace Marco Silva on a permanent basis. So, one imagines he will he will be in charge on Sunday because he he's already preparing the team. You know, like the echoes, Phil Kirkbride. I think wrote on Wednesday morning he's preparing the team for Sunday, so he will be in charge. I think Sunday will be a big indication as to whether Ferguson moves forward because for as, for as good as Saturday was, and you know everything kinds of come off. Football can be a cruel game mm-hmm. at times, and you know if we were to get beat, you know, three nil, two nil, and you know we were the, the kinds of the, the things that. Of course, the horns does over the past couple of years, you know, re- reappear and comes to service again. The questions will be asked to Duncan Ferguson, you know, that he is the yeah. man. So, I think Sunday gives a real indication as to whether he will, he has a chance of being in charge at the end of the season. I think it does buy the ball more time to find a suitable candidate because of Saturday and the fact that he produced such a, you know, robust performance that people will think, well, you know, we, we can trust. You know, this guy can be trusted to take the team. He, he's got a reaction. You know, everything that we hope for, 
he achieved the weekend. So just by the ball more time. But I think Sunday will be a big indication as to whether he will has the chance to, to take on a, a, to the end of the season. Obviously, we still don't really know whether they've got in mind in terms of being the next manager. There's a lot of names being branded about so far. So I think it, it's Ferguson's for now, but anything moving forward in the long run remains to be seen. And probably not the ideal time to play United, who seems to have found a little bit of fun. Yeah, it's just, it's just typical Everton, isn't it? I think it's, <laughs> it's you know, I, th- I think when you, you look at United so far this season, you, you probably would have fancied taking the one. But yeah, you know, we, we seem to be we're heading to Old Trafford after they beat Tottenham and Man City back to back. So they do play on Thursday night, obviously in the Europa League, but mm. they will have won back to back league games against you know, two of the better teams. So it is just typical Everton's look. But look, you know, Everton needs to start picking up points wherever they can because the Premier League's unforgiven. So regardless of who they're playing, it's, it's, it's always a tough game. So, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that Everton are going at the worst possible time. Okay, I hope that answers your question, Gareth. It, Bradley Rettler asks, does Sigurdsson fit into our best 11? Interesting one now, isn't it? Because, you know, new manager, new ideas, new tactics, new formation. Um, I think it's probably going to be a whole new start for, for Gilfie, as it is for the whole whole team. Um, you would you would suggest that under Silva, Sigurdsson just didn't fit into that style of play and what Silva wanted to do. Um, but whoever comes in now, is going to have a, you know, a very capable Gilfie Sigurdsson on on the hands. You know, a very good player. So you would have to say, I don't want to sit on the fence with it, but you'd have to say under Silva, no, he didn't fit into our best eleven. Absolutely not. We had better midfielders to that suited Silva's system, but he played very well against Chelsea, didn't he? Um, as did as did all of you know the, the players that were on there and that bit of quality that, that he's got, whether it's a long range effort or, you know, a decisive pass, I, I still think he's got, you know, a massive part to play this season. So in terms of fitting into, you know, the the eleven going forward, I think I don't think we've got much of a choice. We haven't got that many midfielders. Our best eleven at the moment definitely includes Gilfie Sigurdsson. Next question from Callum Lapsley. Interesting on this. Does Silva leaving affect Richarlison's relationship with the club? That is an interesting question because I think the first 60 minutes on Saturday suggested not because, you know, he scores, done really well and it looked like the way Ferguson actually had the scene was, was shooting them more than ever be, ever before. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest, the 4-4 to him up top. But then when he gets hooked with 20 minutes to go and, you know, you see him kind of, I think, strolling is probably too kind to him, you know. Snail's pace walk off the pitch, his head down, you know, shoulders kind of sunk as if as if, you know, almost kind of why me mm. me type um, angle so purely tactical over it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it works a treat because Tom Davis goes and sets up the, the third goal with, you know, a run into the box, so Ferguson got his tactics spot on. I think that's one of them else we remain to be seen. I think you don't know who's gonna come in. Just signed a new deal as well. But what they're gonna be asking for, is it? You know, he's he signs a new deal, he seems committed to the club, so I think in answer to Callum's question, only time will tell, and a lot of that will depend on who the man, who the new man is at the helm. Okay, next one from Ashley Stewart. Would you sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic on a free? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that is it. In short, straight answer. Yeah, I think 
there's a couple of reports doing the rounds yesterday and today that we are linked with them. Whether there's any foundation to that, I've got absolutely. I mean, I mean we must stress that we are the umpteen club to be linked with them. Yeah, in, absolutely. In, in in the last couple of weeks, it's, it's it, goes, every club, it goes without saying. Ibrahimovic needs a club. Everton needs a striker. You know, he's played the in, perfect fit. Yeah, he, he play, he's played in the Premier League before. Um, I would definitely sign him, even if it's just till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, bringing him in will hinder, you know, anything to do with Dominic Carvalho or Moise Keane's um, progression and development within the team. If anything, you know, playing with a striker of his quality will only will only help. And you know, despite his age, um, he he's still, from what I can see, a quality player and will score goals. Absolutely. Okay, thank you for the question, Ashley. Next one is from Keith Sharples. Ferguson showed Mashiri the passion that is needed in the team, but the managers being linked, will will the manager being linked be able to do the same? Um, in terms of the pack, I think this is a tough question, this, and this is one that I almost feel like you're being unfair on the managers who are linked with the club, because I think we've got to remember that Duncan Ferguson is a club legend, He's idolised by the fans. He idolises the fans back. It's it's a you know it's a two way love yeah. relationship. You're never going to get that with ne- any other manager. You're never going to get that with anyone else. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think there's many players in football Everton will recruit over the next umpteen years who will have that connection. You know, mm. I think you know going back to you know Dave Prentice's piece on Sunday in the Echo. You know, and his line was you know Duncan Ferguson gets Goodison and Goodison gets good Duncan Ferguson. You know, it's a match made in heaven. So I think. You know, it was passionate fight on the sidelines. It was great to see. You know, we all we were absolutely lapped it up to me on Saturday. It was great, fantastic. Uh, but I think we're being massively, massively unfair on some of the managers who are linked with the role because they probably won't show that same passion. But that doesn't mean they're a bad manager. It certainly doesn't mean they're not they're not a credible candidate. It just means that they've never experienced. Everton, like Duncan Ferguson, has experienced Everton. He's, he's been at the club before, hasn't he? He's got a history yeah, with the club. You know, and he's he's, he's been you know he's been player captain. You know, coach, man, now he's manager. You know, he's, he's done everything. You know, the, he's been there so long. Yeah. You know, he's almost he's he's past the furniture type type thing now. So, Moyes a close second maybe with his previous <sighs> stint. Possibly, yeah. But even I don't think Moyes has got the same love and, and certainly they haven't got the same connection between Moyes and a lot of the fan base. Um, I know even even like some of the, the names you know, I mentioned, like Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez. They probably wouldn't show that type of passion, but that certainly doesn't mean that you wouldn't have Ancelotti or Benitez in charge of Everton Football Club or Jim, who right now this minute, you know, the, the two top quality, top class managers. So, I think that's I think it's a bit unfair to suggest that, you know, none of them have got the same love and affection and fight for Everton as Duncan Ferguson because I think it's a comparison that you just simply can't make. Absolutely. Uh, Stan Frank asks, <laughs> "What characteristics do you look for in a manager to give him hints that they will get Everton?" I think, you know, the, the past couple of managers, you, you look for characteristics, and you know, does it matter whether they get Everton? For me, you could you could argue for both ways. Absolutely, I don't think Ronald Koeman got Everton. I don't think. Sam Allardyce really got everything. And you could even suggest that, despite being a fantastic guy and quite loved around the place, Marco Silva didn't quite get everything. Um, I don't know what the ideal manager is for Everton. The ideal manager is someone who comes in and, and wins trophies. And, you know, that quite clearly hasn't happened for a very, very long time. I think everyone's going to look at Duncan Ferguson the way he was on the touchline on Saturday and say, that's what I want in my Everton manager, but as we've just alluded to there in the previous question, you, you're probably not going to get that with, 
you know, a new manager coming in. You, you'll get celebrations, I'm sure. You'll get, you know, fantastic comments from whoever comes in, but you're probably not going to get, you know, say, Rafa Benitez running up and down the touchline just for instance if it's him grabbing ball boys mm. you, you know you're just not going to get that so I think characteristics I just, I just want someone who who knows what they're doing who can adapt to his you know players that he's inherited and then over time you build a squad you, you buy players to you know play into your system that you want I, I, I just I don't I think it is that simple that's literally all I, it is I think you know the, the big thing you know looking back on characteristics and stuff is I think there's been a lot of issues at Everton Football Club in the, in the past couple of seasons where yeah the manager hasn't bought into the club I don't think the fans have bought into the manager because you don't know what he wants to do mm. I certainly think with you know, Ronald Koeman there was a lot of suggestions from pretty much the, the day one was that he was using the club as a stepping stone. You know, he, he had his eyes on bigger, better jobs. I mean, we he, had to offer him about three or four times you know, before he came. You know, we? he had his eye on you know Barcelona. You know, is, is one that still gets mentioned now, and if he reports it to be believed, isn't far off from potentially happening in the summer. So, but then even you know, Allardyce, I think everyone knew it was just the fans who was a stopgap, were never really bought into what he wants to. I think the thing with Silva was, was that no one really knew his ideology in terms of how he wants to set the team up. You know, quite often you talk about four three three, but then we never ever, we very rarely ever see four three three on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I look back at the, the Norwich game and he said afterwards to me, you know, it was a it was a team that lacked pace and energy. Well, yeah, but you picked that team, Marco. You know, you had three of your two of your fast two of your three fastest players on the bench, mm. so you can't sit there and say. So I think that's where Everton fans have kind of, I think, fell out of love with the manager. or never been able to love the manager mm. because they never really understood what they're aim, what they're, what they're trying to do. Because that's the big thing of football. You've got to, you've got to have a clear sort of a pathway and a, a clear sort of philosophy on you know what you want to do, and what you think is the right way to do it. Um, and we we've seen Everton over the last couple of years that a the philosophies that the club have gone for in terms of the managers is just completely left wing mm. time and time again. Um, and then managers have struggled to implement them. Then got moving forward so. I think, you know, characteristics and stuff, it's great talking about philosophies play, but right now we just need someone who can come in, lay solid foundations, get results and get us up the table as fast as we can because even though I alluded to it earlier myself, yeah, it's great that we won on Saturday, yeah, it's great that we're looking at a healthy position, but you lose two games, you're back down in where you was two weeks ago. So it's now all about doing something that we haven't done is continue to put back-to-back points on the board all season and whoever comes in needs to be able to do that and I think right now you'd take anyone who'd be able to offer you that if we're being honest Absolutely Next question from Dave Robson is a Christmas themed question What's the best Everton themed Christmas present you've ever received? I don't know what would be the best I mean obviously over the years I've probably received most Everton themed Christmas from the mugs glasses I think mine's probably the the history of Everton pyjamas you know DVDs books you know, even going back to my younger days, the, the calendars and the annuals. Um, I've kind of had them all, but I've, I'd struggle to say what is the best Everton-themed. The best Everton-themed present I ever got, not non Christmas, but it was a birthday present, was from my uncle, and he got me a signed when Rooney, when me and Rooney was in his prime <laughs> of his Everton career, and he just started out. He, he got me a signed Wayne Rooney shirt yeah. for, my, for my birthday, yeah. So that's wow. non-Christmas related, but that is the best Everton themed present I, I've received. What memories? Just, just unfortunately, <laughs> 18 months later, he was no longer, he'd, he'd been sold off. He was <laughs> leaving, leaving a, a young, a young whippersnapper, which I was at the time. Did you burn that shirt then? No, I didn't. I kept that, kept, kept it still in the fray. I've still got it now. That's, that's, that. 
don't don't turn on my own, even don't turn on your own. <laughs> well, I've um, I've asked my brother for the Howard's way. All oh, right, I've not seen it. Yet, I haven't no? seen it. Yeah, I've been, I've been waiting like a bit of time off over Christmas, hopefully. So, um, waiting for a treat. Let me tell you, yeah, for a treat. Spend an hour or two watching that, and uh, hopefully, you know. Relive the glory days and see what yeah. can go on to the into the future. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question from Michael Sullivan. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Are we going to employ more ball boys for home games with Duncan in charge? <sighs> might have to, mightn't we? Um, scoring scoring goals like that against the you know the the, the top the top teams. Well, there's going to be a queue of ball boys wanting to get on. I, that I don't think there'll be just a queue of ball boys. I think there'll be a queue of grown men who be who yeah, yeah. man the position and, <laughs> and, and embrace off big dunk if, when we get a goal. I think. Uh, no, it was great, wasn't it? It was absolutely I think, fantastic. Yeah, it was just. I mean, I, I don't know if people have probably seen it. You know, the video of I think in in the family enclosure of him. You know, the raw video of him running down the side, down the touchline, and, and he, he's fist pumping the air, and you know, he grabs the ball boy and stuff, and gives you the ball boy a high five on his way back and. You know, it was just great. And I loved this line as well in this press conference where he said, you know, if the linesman was there, I probably would have given him a hug as well because mm. he just it just meant so much to him, didn't it? I think it meant so much to the fans that... Because so often you, you see these you see these kind of incidents. And don't get me wrong, you know, it could still go wrong on, on Sunday at Man United. We could, we could get beat. But I don't think no-one can take Saturday away from Ferguson no. or, or the fans. It was it was just fantastic, you know. And you, I mean, I must admit, I was a little bit sceptical when he'd done the kind of introduction before the game. And... You know, I thought it was a little bit cheesy and certainly a bit premature because no one really knew what was going to be, you know, ahead of us. Yeah. Um, but it seems to work a treat and it got everyone, you know, up and firing. And then, you know, just the whole day wasn't, you know, the early goal from a, a cross, which, you know... Duncan Ferguson-esque. Duncan Ferguson-esque. And then, you know, the number, our number nine gets a, a brace at the, Glad- the Howard Kendall Gladys Street end. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, and obviously Duncan has his watch on and Kendall's watch on and stuff like that. It was just fantastic. But the ball boy image is, is probably the one because you think... You know that that young lad is probably going to take that home. You know that memory for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know so, and that's what we haven't had too many moments like that, have we? If we're being honest, and you know even even Marco, you know I'm not being too highly critical of Marco. He never really kind of over celebrated goals. He never you know. You like the the arm wave fist pump. It was the fist pump, wasn't it? But it was you know it was all kind of very muted and you know very static. And I think for just to see you know a lunatic, you know because. You know, we, we we do look probably at times at envy at Mr. You know, Jürgen Klopp over the over the park and the way he acts and I know Everton fans have been quick to you know to, to mock Klopp, but there probably is times where you think, you know, sometimes we had someone like that in the dugout and you know, on Saturday I felt like we had our very own version like that in the dugout and you know it was fantastic. I don't think forget more ball boys, I think they'll be grown men queuing up together together. Well I've already put hug. my name down to be fair to be <laughs> gotta wait till next season now though. Have oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, thanks for the question, Michael. Barry McCracken asks next, do we think we need to get the manager position filled quickly in order to utilise the January transfer window or will that happen with Marcel Brands taking the lead anyway? I think January is a strange one now. The fact that we've sacked Silva, I'm sure there would have been some sort of plan in place to to bring one or two players in, whether that was a loan deal or not, who knows. But I just... We we believe Ferguson's going to be in charge, don't we, for, for Saturday? So Sunday, sorry, Sunday. So uh, uh, you know that the immediacy that that sorted. We've still got so many games to go until until January turns around. So that is the focus, complete well, one well, auto focus, isn't it? Well, you, you look sorry, but you look. You know, after Sunday, you know, we got less than the Carabao Cup at home next week. Goodison, 
which is a massive game, you know, because it's the cup, you know, it's a chance to get silverware. So you you do think then, probably now is easy, he's probably going to get that one as well. You you would imagine because you Mm. think about it, they play Sunday with him in charge, unless they appoint a new man pretty much Sunday night, first thing Monday morning. You imagine he's he's probably going to get that that game game himself because you're bringing a new manager then all of a sudden and saying to him, you know, you've got basically maybe... One, two training sessions, three training sessions before yeah. a, a huge game of Goodison. Whereas, you know, I, I think regardless of how Sunday goes, if Dunk's still in charge for the Leicester Cup game, you guarantee Goodison's going to be rocking under the lights. You know? I think the club are happy to, to give him uh, Sunday as well as Leicester. Just, they're just bad in the time because they, they know how well we played on um, Saturday against Chelsea. Now, I know we weren't like, you know, Barcelona style, but we, we matched Chelsea. And obviously dominated well, well, the, the think, goals. Well, I think as well, you know, we, we showed a style and a way of creating, you know, certain as, you know, bit of pride, passion of Just fight, what's been it? missing, isn't what's, it? What's what's been missing for so long. So I think, you no, know, regardless of what happens, Sunday United, Wednesday with him in charge for the cup game, you know, good to some rocking. And I think as well, you know, the, the fans be right up for it. If he's in charge, the fans are going to be right up for it. No one, you know, if Leicester get on top early doors, no one's going to start groaning or moaning because. Ferguson's in charge and you know he'd be on the sideline so realistically now you're kind of thinking he, he might get till Christmas realistically because like you say the, the games are coming thick and fast the January transfer window is always a, it's always a bit of a bluff one I think the January transfer window because you never really see any big moves do you I think I know mm. a couple of players have moved in the past but most clubs kind of say well it's too hard because if you want to buy players you've got to pay over the odds you know it's or a lot of players are settled to clubs and say, well, I'm going to go fire and maybe look at the summer. So, whilst we do need, the, the squad does need strengthening, there's no doubt about that, I wouldn't be surprised to see us maybe not be as active as what people hope. No, I, I don't think we will be either. I think we'll look to bring back players who are injured as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've got we've got so many players out injured. <laughs> like, cliche, isn't it? They'll almost be like new signings, won't they? Well, you know, we haven't seen, you know, Cabana, yeah. ball, get out, exactly. you know, Del's been... January's probably too early for Gomez, isn't it? But I think you, the yeah. likes of um, Cabana, um, Delph, Delph um, one or two others as well. Bernard's not back in, back yeah, in the Bernard, fold, is yeah. he? You know, I thought he, I thought he was terrible against Liverpool, to be honest, when he when he got his chance. Uh, but we know the qualities that he possesses, and he know we know he's a good player, so he will, if staying fit, will you know, will hopefully play, play a part. I, I completely agree. I think January. I think Everton fans who think we're going to go and be active need to reassess and realise that we probably probably won't. Unless, you know, everything just goes completely die unless we lose mm. every single game now up until January. Um, I think then we might reassess, but obviously that would then come down to who comes in as manager as well. Next question from Anthony Michael Knowles. Not really a question, just more of a, a statement, but I'll gauge your opinion on this, Connor. Please, please... Do not pick Unite Emery. Are you a he, fan? He, he probably wouldn't be top of my list if I'm being honest. I think no. he, you look at the you know a lot of the, the stuff that was wrote about his Arsenal tenure and the, the problems he endured there. I don't think he's born. He has been linked to the job in the past, hasn't he? You know, before he got the Arsenal job, he was linked to Everton. Mm-hmm. So you can see why they maybe exploded. But I think it's quite telling that, and this is just you know my personal opinion. I think it's quite telling that the club spoke to him or supposedly spoke to him last week. And it's been no further down the line, or there's nothing changed since then. I think if if the club were interested in him, we would have pursued it a lot more now. And I think even in himself, there's reports that he's kind of wants to take a break and 
develop his English and, and kind of take stock of us of where he is. So yeah, he wouldn't be my he's certainly my first choice and I, I don't I'd be surprised now if he does, if he is given given the job anytime soon. He definitely wouldn't be my first choice, but I don't think he's a bad manager. I think obviously his time at Arsenal he's been tainted, it hasn't been a you know a success and he's obviously recently been sacked. But you know, he was touted as one of the best managers in the world mm. under um his time at Seville, you know, won Europa Leagues. Three back to back, wasn't Three it? back to back. You know, you, you in the Spanish league, unless you are managing Real Madrid or Barcelona or or Atletico Madrid, it's it's very rare that you go on to win the league. I know it has happened on, like mm. in the past under like Deportivo um a long time ago and, and Valencia and stuff like that. Um but that's usually when the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid they're just not performing well and even now, Real Madrid aren't performing well, but they're still up there. Barcelona, they've got Lionel Messi. You know, they're always going to be in with the show for the league. So, you know, he usually finished third or fourth, didn't he? Under yeah. uh, in in the Spanish league, and like you said, he's won, you know, umpteen um, Europa leagues, and then went on to manage PSG and won the league there as well. If I can, if, if, if that's right, I'm sure he did win the league. So he's not he's not a bad manager. He's clearly not a bad manager. Whether he would come in and fix our defence if he was to come in. You know, leaking goals and stuff like that. I I don't think so, but I don't think he's a bad manager. Absolutely not. The next question from Ian Ferguson ties into a comment that, that made directly after the question was posted online from Carl Bloxman. Ian asks, if Big Dunk is still in charge of Boxing Day, the Boxing Day game against Burnley, <laughs> <laughs> I think the game will be a ball fest with two teams set on defending, to which Carl instantly replied, Ian Ferguson, mate, never boring with Chris was up front. Well, we can never go without doing an agenda podcast without mentioning Burnley's striking sensation, Chris Wood, can we? So Chris Wood has made another appearance. We're actually we're actually gonna have to get Chris Wood on this podcast, or we're gonna have to get Carl on this podcast. Um because you, you know, can't go a podcast, an agenda podcast without mentioning Chris Wood. I think in terms of the initial question though. About the ball fest, we can't understand because we don't know who's going to be in charge box. They do we? Yeah. we? We don't know. We can't. I think it's harsh to say ball fest though because I, I don't think the Chelsea game no. was a ball fest whatsoever. We look, it, it comes it's to the be... most exciting match I've been to in a, probably since the West Ham game. But even that was just kind of routine because we we dominated, we played well. Exciting wise, you know, it was it was nervous. Mm. It was it was like although by three one you thought you knew we were probably going to win the game. You know, you don't want to concede goals. Don't get me wrong, but it it was exciting. It we we haven't felt that in a long time, and it wasn't. We didn't just concede and then just think, I oh, let our heads drop. We we bounced back straight away yeah, and, yeah. and scored a goal. That, that's what it's meant to be. That's what Everton's meant to be about. So, I mean, if Ian's saying that, you know, indicating that he thought it was a ball fest, I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. It was the most entertaining match I've been to in a long time at Goodison. Um, but who knows what it's going to be like against Burnley, especially with Chris Wood up front. And Carl has actually got a question for us, so I will read it out for you. We looked great last season, beating the top six teams under Silva. Then we lost three key people. Who was the biggest loss? João Pedro Sosa, Silva's assistant manager. Adrissa Garner Gay and Kurt Zuma. They're the three that he believes. Well, I don't think we can really... I'm, saying, I'm in no position to, to talk about Sosa and his role with the club and because I don't know enough, if, if I'm being honest, what he's done mm. at the club. I don't think any of us... Really do do we? You know, it was no, no. I don't think any of us know how involved he was. All you can say is he's obviously had much success by himself. So one imagines he is does know his stuff and he is intelligent. He's obviously gone to Portugal. He, you know, and he, he's doing really, really well. 
Kate Sumer, I think, yeah, I understand why he's on that list. And, he, you know, he was fantastic and we probably have at times missed him. But for me, the, the one who we do miss is Idrissa Garner Guy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you look at times against Leicester, Liverpool, where there's just that big hole in between the back four and the midfield. And teams are just have been profiting from it all season. And, you know, that's where he was so often. You know, that was where he was. That was his position. Mm. He was there cutting, you know, you think of... You know, one of the derby goals, I think, was it was it the fourth where they break from the corner and, you know, you're crying out for someone to take uh, a line, I think it was, out on the halfway line, just just stop him dead. Mm. And we try and stand him up and before, you know, with the ball's in the back of the net, address the line again in that circumstance, just takes him out <laughs> takes the, and takes a button, you know. And I think we, we miss that kind of, that approach play and that almost tactical foul, you know, not knowledge, but... Tactical card cleverness, you know, you look at Fabinho at Liverpool, Fernandinho at Manchester City, all the best teams in world football have someone who plays that role in the middle of the pitch, who sits in front of the back four. If they're in trouble, they think, I'll just take one for the team here. And yeah. We haven't had that this year without Idrissa Garnagay. So for me, I think the big one who we miss most is Idrissa Garnagay. Because I actually think, on, on the whole, Mason Holgate and, and Zoom, it's great. Mason Holgate and you know what I mean, have done well as a pair. I know Michael Keane's had his. Saint has problems again this season, but I think the games they've played, they, they've done well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Derby on Wednesday night, we were just ski with because we played five at the back and people, you know, the back, it was just all over the place, wasn't it? And people went tracking runners from the fields and the back three were getting overloaded. And so I, I don't, I think Zuma has been a miss, but nowhere near the miss address again. He's been, been, I think the midfield's just a gaping hole without some, the holy field is, is now gaping. It has been a massive hole. I mean, we have did try to fill it, I suppose, with the signing of the Yeah, you, can, you can't knock the club because they did. You know, even even if you if don't Fabian think Delph, you know, was yeah. another one who, who can yeah. play that role. It is just unfortunate we've been injured, but three really played like Gomez included. I think well. I think the impact he has over his, his time with the club is, is one that you can't certainly underestimate, and he, he's been a massive miss. Absolutely. So, a final question from. Martin Jameson, who asks, should the EFC boards have unleashed Fergus onto the touchline at Anfield rather than with the Chelsea game? His tactics was a wooden derby, in my opinion. It's a really good question, this. And it's a bold claim as well. No, no, it, it is. And a lot of people have you know, said, we basically threw the derby, so mm-hmm. why wasn't Ferguson in charge? I disagree. But I, I'll tell you in a minute why I disagree. That, yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to timing and circumstance. Sometimes in football, we were basically playing the top two teams in the Premier League in Leicester and Liverpool, back-to-back. We played decent against Leicester. You know, Silver tried to get the most out of the place, didn't work out. And the Wednesday Merseyside derby was just an embarrassment. You know, Silver got his tactics completely wrong. But would we have won that game if Ferguson was in charge? I'm going to say I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, just even Even despite employing different different tactics even if we didn't have the the high line that you know the stupidity of the high line that we played conceding three goals um i still don't think we would have won that game liverpool probably still would would have found a way uh, but that's just my opinion it's impossible to say isn't it because yeah. you, you don't know but, no i i agree but I... just all i'll know all i know is that you know looking back in hindsight that you know ferguson being in charge against chelsea at home was probably the the, the perfect yeah. decision and i think as well you know if you know, you look at the Leicester game, it probably would have been harsh to sack Marco Silva after that yeah. because, you know, for large periods, been, we've been fantastic. We had a game plan, it was working to a T. 
we had one lapse in concentration unless they punished us with Vardy. And then, okay, we we you know we give the ball away stupidly, but then we're undone by Bar. You know, and I know it, the correct call was made, and that's what Far's there's doing. That's fantastic. But if that game's last season, we, we draw one one because the linesman's flag goes up, the referee probably gives off sides, mm-hmm. and you know we go away with a point that no one thought we were going to get. So I, I think even at Derby, you know, there's not Silver got a stats wrong stuff, but you think it's you know Moise Keane goes clean through, four minutes to go, should score. If he scores that with four minutes to go, four three, it's game on. You know, it's they do they start panicking, do they start you know, do we just throw cautious the wings and, and go for it? You know, and, mm. and all of a sudden you know you get beat four three. It looks a lot very you know it looks credible. As it turns out, you know, Moise Keane drags his shot wide, and they go right up to the end to make a five two, and it, it looks a total hammering. So, I think the fine margins cost Silver in that game because he went with the, the derby because he went with the same team that had done so well at Leicester. Mm. It backfired. Um, and again, you know, the, the big chances, it was fine margins in the end, not cost them. Cost them his job effectively, you know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit too strong to say we would have won the derby with Ferguson's 4 4 2 because you could say, well, they would have overrun us in midfield because we've only got two against their mm. three. Um, so we won't, we don't know, but I agree with you. I think the perfect time was Chelsea put them up, get the crowd back back on side, and, mm. and, and you know. I mean, Mashiri wanted to give Silver as much time as time as possible you know every chance to, to so. succeed so you know 5-2 defeat in the Mizar derby away to Liverpool you know you've lost against Leicester previously as well you're in the relegation it was zone eight, eight, 8 defeats in 11 league games yeah. wasn't it Tom? so I don't think you could have any complaints that no. Silver got tagged like you, I agree with you what you said it may have been a little bit harsh to sack him after the Leicester game because we did play well despite the VAR decisions being the correct ones you could you could suggest that it was Slightly unlucky, um, but five two against Liverpool. You know, like you just said there within the game, Keane could have scored, but you know we were still beating five. We two. were still beating five two. That at the end of yeah. the day, and we ended up in the relegation zone. It just, it didn't at the time. It, it didn't look great. So he was sacked rightly, and you know Ferguson. It's 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 history, isn't it? Ferguson took charge, and you know hopefully it won't be, you know the only memory of a Ferguson running along the touchline. But if it is, then it, it'll stay in the memory for a long, long time. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now, but honestly, it, w- it was fantastic. And who knows what's going to happen in the future, whether it's Ferguson's time now or Ferguson's time in a couple of years. I think at some stage he will be the permanent Everton manager. And we'll just... End as, the day. Yeah, we'll end the day and we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Agenda podcast. Um, all your questions hopefully have been answered and uh, we will be back with plenty more podcasts on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.